Okay, we are in Sefer Amos, Perig Hay, Pasuk Tes Vav. Uh, I am sorry, Pasuk Tesayin, but we will go back to Tes Vav. Lachain Koamar Hashem. So we saw that in the first 14 Sukkim of Perik Hay, it is again a lacerating, depressive prophecy against B'nai Yisrael. It is dark, it is death, it is destructive, it can end in a very unhappy way. But in the last Pasuk, Tesvav, the last Pasuk we learned in the previous year, the Navi suddenly reverses and says, Sinura, hate evil, the Evu told, love the good, the Hatsigu Bashar Mishpat, and now set up in the gates of righteousness. Those were the gates of the city where the Bote Dinim were, where the teachings were. Set up a system of righteous judgment. Ulai Yechanan Hashem. Maybe the Kaddish Baruch Hu will have mercy. And have mercy on the remnants of the house of Joseph, which is the ten tribes of Israel. In other words, this can all be averted. And the foundation of this, and it's something that we've had again and again, it appears from Yirmiyahu, Yishayahu, Yecheskel, to Amos, is in the Gemara, Daf Yud. Amud Aleph, and let me just quote it, it is very simple, Maimar of the Chachamim, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Eloza, Omer Chachamim, both Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Eloza says, Afilu cherev chada, muneches al savaro shel adam, even if a sharp sword is resting on the person's neck, I mean, he's about to get killed. Al yimna do not refrain from praying for mercy. In other words, it's never too late. And in fact, that is a cornerstone of our prophecies, that no matter how bad it is, it can be averted. And that was the Navi is saying in Tesvav. Problem is, that last one sentence, and today we begin going back to Tesayin and back to the prophecies of doom and destruction. Therefore, Lachain, Koamar Hashem elokates Vaot Adonai Bechol Rechovot Mispod Uvachol Kutzot Yamu Hoi Hoi. Therefore, in every street, on every thoroughfare, there will be elegies and screaming and crying and mourning. All the courtyards, is just what it sounds like. It's onomatopoeic for woe, woe, that to us, the mourning, etc. The Karu Ikar El Ovel Umismod El Nehi. And they will call, Ikar is the farmer. They will call the humble farmer into this mourning process quite simply because his fields are ruined in this destruction. He has no produce. He is mourning for his own personal survival. 
And Eliode Nehi call and summon those professionals. They were those professional mourners who led the mourning, who led the um, Hespadim and the uh, Kinos. Get them ready. Line them up. Ubachal Krumim misfought. In all the vineyards, again, your vineyards are despoiled. There are no vineyards, there are no grapes, there's no wine. Ki evar bekirbecha emor Hashem, because I have passed in your field and I have destroyed it. It will be national mourning. Every segment of the population will be in deep mourning. Pasuk Yudches, and some say that from here to the end of the parak Yudches, the emphasis of the Navi shifts now to Yehuda. This was exclusively the ten tribes. It goes to Yehuda as well, as we're going to see some of the references. Rashi and other Mephoshim says, no, this continues as Yisrael, but the overwhelming consensus is Yehuda is now included in the brunt of the Nebuah. And so the Navi says, Hoi ha-misavim es yom Hashem. Woe to those who long for the day of judgment of the Kaddish Baruch It's a very strange sentiment, and we will examine it. Lomazelachem, because what difference does it matter to you? Hashem, Lama Yom Hashem, the day of judgment of the Kaddish Baruch what difference will it make to you? Hu chalshech below or. It's darkness, it's not light. What are we talking about here? First of all, who is longing for the day of judgment of Hashem? And there's three interesting pshatim. One is this could be the cynics, the scoffers among Israel who are saying, look, we've heard Nevi'im for decades say about a day of judgment is coming. We're not worried. Bring it on already. So far we've seen nothing. Well, don't wish for that. Be careful for what you wish, says the Navi because it's going to be total darkness. There's going to be nothing in it for you. It's going to be your destruction. So don't push it saying, well, when is it going to come? Second shot, there are those in Eretz Yisrael who legitimately feel that they want the day of judgment of Hashem, that they long for the day of judgment. Again, to them, don't. There's nothing in it for you. Woe to you who long for the day of judgment, because it's chalshech below or, it's darkness, not light. Third explanation of Shat is the Abarbanel, who says that this could be B'nai Yehuda. Don't overlook the fact there was a tremendous rivalry between Yehuda and Yisrael. In fact, there were many in Yehuda who despised those in B'nai Yisrael. And so therefore, we want the day of judgment. It's about time they got what they deserve. Says the Navi, don't long for the day of judgment because again, you're going to be very disappointed. It's darkness, not light, and it could be darkness for you. So don't, or rather be careful what you wish for because everybody is going to get it when it comes. Interesting metaphor, kasher yonus ish mifnei ha'ari upaga hadol. A person in deathly danger from a lion, racing away from him, could land straight into the arms of a bear. Ubaha bias, 
he can flee, he thinks, to the safety of his home with relief. leans on the wall. The snake bites him. So what does that mean? And of course, on its most simple level, it means, um, as Rashi says, that tzara, after tzara, and then uh, Radak says it as well, it's just going to be unrelieved tsar one after another. The Abarbanel metaphorizes it, that the lion, of course, is emblematic of Bavel. Nebuchadnezzar is always depicted as a lion. Paras is the bear. So you're going to escape Nebuchadnezzar, but you're going to run into Persia and Medea. Then you are going to have, for a while, the bias. Under the Greeks, you had access to the Beis Hamikdash. But then the Romans come. Vinoshku Hanachash, the serpent of Rome, comes and destroys the temple. There is no relief for you. It's, it's one disaster after another. Halo choshech yom Hashem lo or v'ofeo no nogalo. Is it not going to be total darkness of the Kaddish Baruch No light, no dawn. There is just unrelieved tsar after tsar. Continues the Navi. And we go back to a theme that the Navi has always expressed throughout, the most famous being uh, Yeshayahu, who says, um, how the Kaddish Baruch Hu hates your korbanos. Daily may rove korbanos eichem. I have had enough of your korbanos. Continues the Navi on that vein. Sonesi mo'asti chagechem. I reject, I hate your chagim, where you have, it could be, as Mephoshim say, it could be Pesach, Sukkis, and Shavuos. It could be your gathering in the temple, Atzeres, Below I get no enjoyment, no pleasure from your atzeres. Uh, because when you bring your, your korban mincha, your korban ola, lower tzeh, I don't want them. And your fattened calves, merechem is your overfed calves, couldn't care less, do not want to see him. Um, continues the Navi, Haser me'olai hamon sorecha v'zimras nivalecha lo ashma. Take away from me your music. Remember the Levites played music in the temple. V'zomeras nivalecha lo ashma. I do not wish to hear the lutes of your musical avoda playing. Uh, I have no interest in it. Vayagel kamayim mishpat. Rather, you want to do something meaningful. Let, in a very colorful metaphor, let justice flow like water. Utstoka kenachaleitan, and righteousness like a mighty river. In other words, your korbanos are done by rote. It's done without any passion, without any feeling. It's done at the same time as your avodah zorah is done. So it is meaningless. I don't need it. I don't want it. Pursue justice with each other. Pursue righteousness man to his fellow man. That 
has my attention. Continues the Navi. Hazvachim umincha higashkem li bamidbar, abarim shana beis Yisrael. It's really a question. Did I demand of you in the desert, 40 years in the desert, did I demand korbanos? Did I ask for mincha or olos or chatos? No. And that's not such an emphatic no, because we differ on that. In other words, the Kaddish Baruch through the Navi is saying here, for 40 years, one, at the point where you were in the desert, you didn't have cattle to offer. I didn't want them. I didn't ask for them. Um, Rabbi Akiva disagrees. Rabbi Akiva is in a machlokas, according to the Talmud, and says they did offer. They may not have offered themselves, but the Levian, who did not sin with the Egel, constantly offered them. But most of the Mephoshim agree. Kodesh Baruch never demanded them. We know the Korban Pesach was given the first year when they left Egypt and never given again for the 40 years. So that the Korbanos were not mandatory. In other words, what the Novi's trying to establish here is I never demanded them of you. That wasn't the way to reach me. Unisasem, and now, so you, you I, I want them, I, will, I do not wish them any more to be continued. As I say, they are meaningless. The Radak puts it very well um, that he says, what's the purpose of the one hand you're offering the Karbanos, the other hand you're doing these terrible Averos? It's absolutely without meaning. Stop them. Now says the Navi, Unesosem es sakos malchechem ves keon salmechem kochov elohechem asher asisem lochem. And now the exile is coming, and you will carry es sakos. Sakos is the name of an avodazora. Some say there's a parenthesis there that malchechem is another avodazora. Some say sakos malchechem, sakos your king, because he was your principal worship. There's Kevin Salmechem and Kion, which was one of the constellation icons of worship. You worship Kion. Um, Kochav was another. Some say Kochav was actually Saturn, that they worshiped the planet Saturn, Elohechem. You will carry, Rashi says, on your neck into Golis Dosna. Why? And the answer is because you are forced to, because your tormentors will make you carry them. Um, it says Rashi that they will force you to carry on your shoulders all your avodah zorah as a humiliation to you. I will exile you. From hola to damesek. In other words, damesek is right near your border. Do you think that that's what I'm going to do, is the confines of your exile is going to be nearby Damesek? No. You are going to be exiled, and you will recall, we learned with Sancherev, he had this really brilliant strategy where he would take the indigenous population of the nation he conquered and transport them to the furthest reaches of his empire, which were thousands of miles away. At the time, it was the known world was Assyria. So that, therefore, you could not rebel because it was 
very tough if you're not spread out and separated from your homeland or each other so that he separated them. We never heard from them again. And that's what's going to happen. And of course, prophetically, he was right. You are going to go way beyond our message. Omar Hashem elokates va'oz Hashem. Thus says the Kaddish Baruch And so it's a very dispiriting note to end the Arab Shabbos on such a note, uh, especially during the Shiva de Nechemta. Now we have seven weeks of Nechama that we read in the Maftir. And it's very, uh, I, I feel apologetic that we end on such a note. And yet, I wish I could promise you that when we resume in Mir Hashem Monday morning, it gets better. It doesn't. So 8.45 a.m. Monday morning, don't miss it. I can't.